Last time on Licensed to Parent. I don't think that friendship should ever be the goal, but should be a result uh, when parenting is done correctly. It's like if you look at an apple tree, we see the apples, and, and we don't think that those apples are what give that tree life, but rather the apples are the, the outward expression of the inward health of that tree. You have to prune a tree to be healthy at times, and that's painful. Uh, so in that pruning process, you might not see that fruit uh, but it's coming. There, there will be that harvest time uh, where, where it, it should grow through and, and push through if everything goes according to plan. That's Josh Temple, an insider at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Today we'll talk more about parenting troubled teens and some of the mistakes parents make along the way, like doing all they can to be friends with their kids. That'll come, but first they need to provide the guidance and trimming necessary for their kids to become responsible adults. We'll hear more of what Josh sees when he checks the students in today on Licensed to Parent. Well, Trace, joining us again on today's program, and this, by the way, is a continuation of our conversation from last week, is Josh Temple, the program coordinator here at Shepherd's Hill Academy. And Josh, in our last program, we wrapped up by talking about some of the surprises, some of the things that you're seeing in the parents who bring their kids here to Shepherd's Hill, uh, ways that these parents may be enabling their kids to be the fragile kids they are. And a few other surprises as well. Um, Today, I'd like to see if we can maybe give parents some practical assists in how to turn things around. You know, what what are some of the things parents should be doing that perhaps Mm. they haven't been? Uh, Let's start off with the parents, how the parents themselves can exercise a little introspection and say, hey, how have I been fragile? Right. You know, and because it really started with that generation. And my dad would say it started with my generation, Mm. right? So Mm. let's go with parents first. Okay. Well, I think it, it, you know, it reminds me of the blind leading the blind uh, when we have sensitive parents and they're wondering why they're children. For you northerners, that's not toeheads he's talking about. <laughs> that's not that's the, the blind, blind. It's the leading blind. leading the blind. Yes, okay. <laughs> blind, excuse me. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so we have uh, sensitive parents upraising sensitive children and they're wondering why. It's it's because we, we first and foremost, before we lead, we have to make sure that we're grounded and that we're firm and we're secure. And where are we finding our identity from? Uh, you know, are we, are we trying to find out who we are by, by our um, occupation? Is it our, our friend's uh, circle, our social circle? Is it our net worth? Where, where is your identity found? Uh, because if it's rooted in anything else other than w- what God says you are and who God says you are, you're already set up for failure. Um, yeah, I think too often we get hung up on what we do mm. as parents, you know, our social status, our careers. Uh, but again, reminding parents that, you know, more is caught than taught. I think that's where you're going with that, Josh. Uh, but I, I think it's really important that our kids understand what we are character-wise. Mm. Um, again, a kid's first need is, is that security. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't really care if you're a butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Uh, they want to know that, that you've got their back, uh, but you're not enabling them. You're not, you're not being the helicopter uh, parent, mm-hmm. but you will fight to the death to preserve their 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 lives, their dignity, uh, the truth. Right. And uh, so your kids uh, don't want you to perform in front of them. Mm-hmm. They want you. They want you to be something, mm-hmm. and that something should come out of you 
as the person you are intrinsically. It, it should. Oswald Chambers says we do our best ministry when we're not aware of it, mm-hmm. and and we have to realize that we are ministering to our kids by our very existence. I remember my daughter Allison when she was a kid. We we're we we're just sitting there. I forget what we were doing. It might have been just after dinner. We we're just sitting. And she says, oh, I'm so glad you guys are here and, and we're doing this. And, and she's a little kid. And like, we ain't doing anything. You know, we're mm-hmm. just sitting here. She says, I know, but just, just that you're here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she knew that, uh, we, you know, we had answers, we had security. Yeah. Uh, they might not always have been the best to write answers right. even. But, but compared to a lot of the garbage that they were getting at their schools and, mm-hmm. and in the culture, hey, you know what? These people can be trusted, and that's mm. what our kids need need from us as, as parents. Now, before we get back to what are some of the proactive, practical things parents can do, just, just a quick question about this. Um, as you were talking about the character needing to be there, and uh, I think in part of that was, you know, you, you need to know who you are. You need to know the answers about yourself. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of parents get derailed because they feel that they need to have all the parenting answers. Right. Mm. And then, I mean, for me, I've, I've felt derailed several times in raising five kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the question comes up, well, where do I get the answers? Look, I don't know is an answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, mm. you tell a kid, hey, I don't know. That's security right there. That's security. That's the initial point of security when you say, I don't know. But you know why? Because you're telling them the truth. You're not making something up. You're not being something or acting away or saying something they know darn well you don't mm. know the answer to. You're being honest and open to them, but we'll get the answer. We'll we'll go. Let's let's research it together. Yeah, I, I think that that you just said is the important part two that needs to go with the part one. Mm-hmm. Saying I don't know shows that you're vulnerable. You know, yeah, you're not perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. But but saying but I'll find out, or as you just said, but we'll find out. Right. Yeah. I think it's really good. Uh, okay, Josh, you've you've been here, and I'm sure nothing ever surprises you. I wish, <laughs> if if only. Um, so, I mean, have have you had to use this with some of the kids here, just saying, I don't know, let's uh, find out. More often times than not, and you know what was so funny is how humbled I've been by working and serving really these kids. The questions I've been asked here have, have pushed me to grow spiritually in ways that I never would have if not for this job. I'll never forget. I, you know. Uh, do chapel every Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, I was just doing devotions with the students at night at random times, and I could tell I wasn't catching their attention. So the thought occurred to me, well, instead of me coming up here kind of shooting from the hip, talking about what I think you want to hear, I told them to write down questions they have about Christianity or religion or anything, as long as it's respectful. And uh, each night, uh, we'll tackle a different question. And I went into that very arrogant, thinking, how hard could it be? And (laughs) I was blown away (laughs) at the questions I I was asked by by these kids. Mm -hmm. And... um, and me having to say I don't know, that's a that's a big slice of humble pie that I had to eat <laughs> and uh, say I don't know, but I will research and I will. And and in that research, I mean, it, it pushed me into the Bible and theology department out at college and it, it pushed me to read books that I never mm. would have touched before. And so they spurred a spiritual growth in me without even meaning to, I think. And mm. it was almost we grew together in this moment, in this process. But uh, I just had that situation last Sunday. The kid asked me a question. I'm like, <laughs> but uh, there, and I told him, I said, you know what? Because it was a little off topic. I said, 
There's a, that's a great question. There's a good answer for that. I'm not prepared to give it to you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we're going to go on what we're, with what we're doing, but I'll come when we come back, I'll have the answer for you. And, and I think I do. To add on to that, I don't want to ever use the I don't know phrase as a cop-out for laziness. Exactly. Uh, because Paul says to always be ready to give a defense when people ask for the yeah. hope and the joy that you have. He's saying, and, and that's, a, that's a legal term. He's saying be ready to give a statement. Yeah. Uh, the Greek is apologium, and it's where we get our apologetics from. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, always be ready when people confront you and ask you why it is that you have the hope and joy in Jesus Christ. He said, be ready, but do it in love uh, and, and do it gently and very kindly. Yeah. And so I see a lot of people just saying, I don't know, it doesn't matter. We're not going to, we can't yeah. understand. And they're using that as this cop out of, I just don't want to do the research. Right. When in reality, we're, we're given a lot of answers in Christianity yeah. and, and science backs these answers. Yes, uh, People think that it's religion versus science. Well, mm. my God created science. That's right. Yeah. And, and science points to God and, yeah. and they, they can coexist in such a beautiful way. So again, it's great to say, I don't know, but yeah. as long as we're not using that as a spiritual cop out. And they have coexisted in such a beautiful way for what, 500 years right, until right. recently yes. uh, when we got smarter than God, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I tell people all the time, people who say that the Bible and, and, and uh, science are polar opposites are people who either don't know anything about the Bible or don't know too much about science. Because yeah. if you know uh, uh, a good bit about both or even just a little bit about both, you'll know that uh, science certainly complements uh, what Scripture has already said. Mm. I want us to get back to some of the practical things parents can do, but that that phrase did just uh, remind me. In growing up in the church that I grew up in, they would often refer to the mysteries of our faith. And I remember hearing a number of adults. Which is euphemism for just believe. <laughs> well, kind of, but I mean, there there certainly are mysteries to the faith. I, sure, I don't want no, to dismiss. No, no, you're right. I don't want to dismiss that aspect of it. But I heard a lot of adults as a kid you know, saying, well, you know, God's ways are mysterious, which mm. is the I don't know and I'm not going to find out, so, <laughs> right, you know, right. to, to your point. Yes. But l- let's get back to some of the some of the things that, based on what you're seeing here at mm. Shepherd's Hill, Josh, what, what are some of the things that if parents would grasp this concept right, and maybe right. change their way of doing things, that would perhaps right. keep a number of kids from coming here? Well, I think another one goes back to something you mentioned earlier, Mr. Trace, that more is caught than is taught. Right. It blows me away when I see parents who have relationships that are founded on adultery bring yeah. their kids in here wondering why their kids are sexually promiscuous. Yeah. <laughs> or or they're, they're watching these just gory, disgusting movies and wonder why their kids gravitate towards violence. Mm-hmm. Or they give them cell phones with no restriction and wonder why their kids have a, a porn issue. Yeah. Or they're watching these, these, these television shows and these movies where sex is rampant and wonder why, why there's mm-hmm. these issues. I mean, what the, what's the example that you're setting? Mm-hmm. And, and so many times, if you would just ask the parent, would you want your kid doing this? No, no, I want them going to church. Why aren't you going to church? Right. Why, why Why? is it that you're doing things that you would never allow your child to do, but then you're confused as to why they're following in those footsteps? Mm-hmm. It absolutely blows me away. Yeah, you know, and, and I don't want to beat up on parents too much, uh, but I, I, we do play these, uh, these kids that are at, at Shepherd's Hill uh, a, a clip, a short clip from a documentary film that was uh, recorded in the 90s, like the mid-90s, I think. Uh, called the Lost Children of Rockdale County, mm-hmm. and it is horrifying what these kids are are doing, what they're being exposed to, engaged in. Uh, and I had to tell the kids, "This is not your generation. This is your parents' generation. Yeah, this is what they come out of." So they, the these parents 
are victims of their their changing times too, mm. and. Uh, you know they they had a lot of them had computers to help fuel these mm-hmm. ideas and these beliefs faulty as they were uh when you get on the internet uh as brand new tool to see that wow there's uh there's hundreds of thousands maybe millions of people who think just like i do mm-hmm. have the mm-hmm. same hang ups i do the same addictions i do there's there can't be anything wrong with this and they're they're failing to realize mm-hmm. the other billions yeah. of people yeah that are still living their lives relatively, you know, unscathed through a lot of this stuff. And so they have their kids. And then, and then as things uh, get amped up digitally with the internet and social media and smartphones and, you know, texting right. and all the, all the rest, then this stuff really gets, gets out there where, you know, every kid's got 300 friends who has the same issues that mm-hmm. they do. And it mm-hmm. seems like, well, this is just how things are. And so when, you know, someone like me or Josh or you, Rich, or someone comes along and says, hey, this is whacked, okay? Well, how yeah. can it be whacked? Because everyone mm-hmm. else is thinking this way. Well, guess what? You know how everyone else thought right here at Shepherd's Hill Academy, you know, 150 years ago? That one man should be able to own another one. Right, right. And, and yet we realized because of a handful of Christian people who said enough's enough, we got that turned around. And we're still feeling the repercussions of that. Nazi Germany is the same way. Other places around the world, mm-hmm. same thing even today. And so it goes back to that that all absolute standard of moral right and wrong, mm-hmm. and you touched on apologetics, uh, Josh, and I think that you know I, I want I didn't want to get into that right now, so I just touch on it. But I think apologetics is something that today's parents they really don't have an option. They they're mm-hmm. going to have to get at least cursory versed, and I would say beyond cursory right, versed right. in this because what's happening is these kids, and the reason they're asking all these really great questions is because they're going on websites like xchristians.com and some of these uh, sites that Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens and you know the Sam Harris's of the world, these new, uh, new atheists, they're asking questions of our kids of the world about Christianity. Mm-hmm. A religion in general, but Christianity specifically, that only seasoned theologians ever had to tackle throughout the last 2,000 years. Sure. And now our mm-hmm. kids are being faced with these things, and, and consequently, then we're being faced with them. And what people don't seem to understand is there's still answers to these, these questions. Right. But apologetics is something that uh, parents really do need to be uh, up on. Is there a particular book or a class or you know a, a website, uh, Josh, that, that, that you're aware of that, that parents could— go to very quickly and and get at least a cursory knowledge of the defense of the faith. Oh, absolutely. I taught apologetics here this past summer and found a lot of good resources. Gotquestions.org is a is a really good Christian based website that'll that'll hit on these uh, different topics. And also uh my favorite apologetics book to date is I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Geisler. Uh, Geisler? Norm Geisler and Frank Turek yeah. came together, yeah. and and they also run cross-examine. We're gonna have Frank dot com. Oh, I, I, yeah. I'm excited for that. <laughs> I mean, it uh, absolutely amazing what what these men have done. Um, and then you know there, there's uh, all all kinds of resources, but those are the first two that come to mind. Uh, the the websites and the book that I would highly encourage anybody to go check out. Yeah. Well, you know, a, a, a lot of what parents I don't think they realize thoroughly. Uh, some people think they do. Uh, my experience is they really don't. Mm. Is just how much the culture itself is influencing kids. Uh, they don't realize that systemic to our culture is it is a toxic environment for raising kids today. I don't envy parents today. 
and you know what is culture we we repeat this quite often on the program we're going to continue to do that to remind parents culture is the ideas it's the institutions it's the interactions that that tell a people group how to think feel and mm-hmm. act and uh, consequently uh, our kids are thinking a certain mm-hmm. way feeling a certain way and acting a certain way because one hour church doesn't make up for the other 167 hours mm. Uh, of cultural indoctrination are getting through mm. digital technology, particularly smartphones that I have always called addictive adult toys that kids shouldn't have. And you know, and one of these these cultural movers and shakers has been our secular mental health industry. Yeah. And uh, consequently, their ideas that they've come up with, and they're just human beings, has filtered down into you know the schoolroom, the church. It's it's really permeated into the church, and when we come back, I want to ask you uh, what your take is from your perspective as to how the the uh, secular mental health industry has contributed to this uh, fragility that we're mm. we're experiencing with not mm. just kids but but parents. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy with our host Trace Embry. I'm Rich Rosal, and joining us today is Josh Temple, the program coordinator. And we're talking today about some of what we're learning inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill about the challenges that teens are facing today. And our hope here, once again, is to turn this outward so that you, as the hopefully intentional parent, will learn how to turn things around in your family and keep things going in the way that God would have them go. We'll be back with more Licensed to Parent in just a moment. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Is your teen's behavior dangerous? Your child's behavior may seem incredibly volatile during the teenage years. Sometimes the signs and symptoms come and go quickly as your child is growing, but other times behaviors are developed and nurtured that will lead to unhealthy choices. Here are a few items to consider. Does your teen refuse to abide by anything you say or request? Is your teen displaying behavior that's a marked change from what has been normal? Has your teen become increasingly disrespectful, dishonest, and disobedient, and openly rebellious? Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and take the quiz, Is My Teen Troubled? While some behavioral issues are minor and best resolved at home, there are warning signs that your teen may need a more structured approach to get them on a healthy, constructive path. And Shepherd's Hill Academy is here to help. Visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and click on Is My Teen Troubled? HelpMyTroubledTeen.org.
This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Glad to have you joining us today. As a reminder, this is part two in a a program conversation that we began last week. If you missed last week's program, I encourage you to go to our website at licensedtoparent.org, and there you can find last week's program and give it a listen so that what we're talking about today makes some sense. (laughs) At least that's our hope. Trace, you brought up the concept of the mental health industry and the fact that these are just humans trying to make sense out of um, often complicated problems, but they're doing it in a very human-centric way that isn't always a God-centric way. Yeah, but because of their vast learning, and we all know there's no fool like the educated fool, uh, that they are the cultural movers and shakers. Uh, At least we've given them that honorary status uh, over the years. Um, How how has the secular mental health industry uh, contributed to this fragility in any way uh, for parents and, and their kids. Uh, do they have any culpability here? So I recognize that this is a very sensitive topic, and I need to choose my words very carefully uh, because I, I acknowledge that there are disorders and there are issues yes. that, that legitimately need to be handled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm seeing, though, is is that instead of addressing an attitude issue, we're, we're just going to uh, give it a diagnosis. And and with that diagnosis, now just comes some medication. So right. this is not a character flaw. You just have a, a genetic issue or you have something wrong with you that— right. Or sin uh, issue. Or, Right, right. And and so we're so quick to run to a prescription and neglect the spiritual aspect or, or even just the, the, the human side or the sin side, like you said, and that gets neglected altogether. Mm-hmm. I know it seems it's it's more a matter now of teaching people how to accept whatever's going on in their lives. You have a broken leg. Just accept it. Yeah. No, that's not what uh, you know. the medical profession would do. They'd say, right. we need to set this correctly. Yeah. So that you can keep walking in the correct way. Yeah, yes. Well, in the last, you know, a few months, I've lost my father-in-law and my mother. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, th- there are people who uh, would say, you know, I'm depressed over that. Well, I got to tell you, that hit me a little bit. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, uh, haven't been medicated, didn't see a doctor for it. But there are mm-hmm. people who don't realize that there are natural ebbs and flows in our emotional mm-hmm. uh, uh, well-being that, there. listen, the... Uh, a funeral is not a time to be happy uh, mm. necessarily. You've mm. lost someone that you're not going right. to see, you know, until you get to the other side. Hopefully, uh, so I, you don't just take a pill mm. to, to to feel better uh, every time, or mm-hmm. or an aspirin every time you have a hangnail. You know, mm-hmm. but what I'm really shooting for here with the secular mental health thing is some of the the terms that have come on the scene that were never here before. And I'm thinking of the term self-esteem. You know, self-esteem, the guy who came up with that uh, said it was a failed experiment. I mean, Mm. we don't, we shouldn't have given trophies to every Mm. kid for just showing up, you know? you don't really want a juvenile delinquent feeling good about being a juvenile delinquent, right? You're not mm-hmm. encur- you, don't, you don't want to encourage him for that. Uh, I can go on forever about the LGBT thing. You know, you've got people who are transgender who are running residential programs like us. Mm. I mean, residential programs, people are paying big money to send, and the people running them are, are struggling with these issues that in 1973 and bef- before that were considered mentally ill themselves. Mm. And there's a Big backstory behind how that got taken out of the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, um, was more political than anything else. Because, look, here's the ugly truth. And we've hired many, many therapists down through the years. And they will be the first, every one will be the first to admit, 
if you want to if you want to find some people who are emotionally disturbed, go, go find people who are in the mental health industry. And now I'm not painting them with a broad brush and saying that they're all mentally disturbed, but there's a reason people go into that, that in that field. They're trying to figure themselves out, their, their families, the situations that they endured growing up. Not always. Of course, I am painting with a broad brush here, but I think we have to realize, as Rich said, and I alluded to earlier, these are human beings and they've come to these conclusions and we're, we're using uh, them and they're, they're the prophets of the DSM, mm. the modern day prophets of the DSM. And so they come across with terms like self-esteem, repression is another mm. one where, you know, uh, let, let Junior punch something so that he can get all his anger and angst out. Mm-hmm. But the Bible calls it good old fashioned self-control, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And we're to look at ourselves with sober judgment back to self-esteem, not to what we think we would like to be and make up our own reality. The other thing that isn't quite accepted by by the secular mental health industry or Christian mental health is this idea of shame. And uh, we were talking a little bit about this on the break. I'm not here to shame anybody. I don't want to shame anybody. We don't shame people here at Shepherd's Hill. But to say that you should never be ashamed of yourself, Mm. uh, that there aren't things that you've done uh, or things you've thought that you shouldn't be ashamed of is is a shame. Mm. I mean, it's an absolute shame. Uh, God gave us the emotion for shame. Uh, scripture talks about uh, Paul, actually. Uh, he just went ahead and did it. Uh, I forget if it was First or Second Corinthians. I forget exactly where it was. He says, I, I say this to shame you, he says. Now, I'm not, again, please hear me, folks. I'm not here to shame anyone. But if you think your kids should never be ashamed of yourself, you, you're helping to contribute to the delinquency of that yeah. child when, when you have that attitude. I'm telling you that right now. And, and those, those are two different— Excuse me, because you're searing their conscience when you do that. Right. And th- those are two different but related words. Mm-hmm. Shaming is an active thing that you would do to someone else. Right. You're but, forcing but, that upon them. But feeling ashamed about something is, uh, so you're taking ownership of this feeling and you're feeling the regret, the, right. the sense of, of failure in this action or whatever, it's, and that's appropriate. It comes from the inside out. It's something that's birthed from the spiritual that manifests in the physical, okay? And there's nothing wrong with being down a little bit about it. There's nothing wrong, a season, not stay that way, but for a season. It's totally different than someone going from the outside and trying to make you feel something on the inside. And, mm-hmm. and that's like, it's kind of what we do with medication, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's an mm. artificial fix for something that really needs to be birthed out of the spiritual. Well, Josh uh, Temple, our program coordinator at uh, Shepherd's Hill Academy, has been our guest today for week two. We're going to be back for one more week of conversation on this topic. But, Josh, let me give you the final word for today, uh, if I may. If uh, a parent perhaps is dealing with issues right now and they're trying to to jumpstart a better relationship with their kids in regard to being the authority in the family and that sort of thing, where would you suggest they start today? It, it would have to be with establishing those firm ground rules and then upholding them and finding that consistency. Uh, inconsistency is a killer. Boy, that's so true. And, and, and so once you're consistent and you're establishing that you say what you mean and you will follow through, your words will begin to gain weight. Yeah. And, uh, and I, th- I think there a lot could be done just with consistency. So yeah. your respect factor. And on that note, we're going to have to close the book on this week's program, but we'll be back to finish our time with Josh Temple for this round anyway next week, and I hope you'll join us then. You've been listening to Licensed to Parent. A reminder, you'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. 
You'll also find our past programs there. So if you didn't catch all of this one or missed last week's program, please go to the website and uh, take a look at these programs. And we've got a lot of them on a variety of topics vital to parents and their teens. As you might imagine, running a residential program for troubled teens is quite expensive, and some families simply can't afford it. But you can help. Simply click the Donate tab at the top of the page when you go to licensedparent.org. And if you want to learn more about Shepherd's Hill Academy and whether we might be a good fit for your family or for someone you know and care about who might need this type of help, please click the link to Shepherd's Hill on our homepage. Our technical producer on Licensed to Parent is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your Licensed to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time. <laughs>